podcast, and for the third time in Sandcaster City, we have a set of twins on the show. First ones to make it were the Witt sisters. Can you guys guess number two? McNamara. Was it the McNamara, McNamara twins? Okay, yeah. cool. And if you don't recognize the voices, we have Audrey and Nicole Norse in the studio. Glad to have you guys. Welcome aboard. Good to be here. Thanks yeah. so much for having us. We've we've been looking forward to this. It's been yeah. m- months in the making. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because when we first started the show, I was always in like such a hurry to get the, the guests on, but it's like it just happens in its own time. All its own, everyone's like, oh, like it'll just take a couple months to get together, and then when it happens, it happens. And yeah. It's great. And so for both the listeners and the viewers, can you guys just say who is who? And so the listeners and yeah. the viewers know. <laughs> I'm Audrey, and I'm uh, Nicole. Okay. So. And so I'm wearing green, green today, so yeah. <laughs> that'll be that's the, how you tell. <laughs> and then on the court, Nicole's lefty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's, we always that's tell the way people. I tell when I watch you guys play. Yeah. It's we, funny because Nicole McNamara is also the lefty of yeah, those two. Yeah, weird. Um, we always tell people there's an L in Nicole and an R in Audrey. Okay. Randomly at workouts. <laughs> so that kind of helps parents plan you know, it. Initially, yeah. <laughs> people can, can figure it out that way. But yeah. yeah. That's, uh, you guys are like, you and the Max, it's so funny how it worked out perfect as a beach volleyball team. Like you have a lefty and a righty. You're both really good, good ball control players. Yeah, really. Like you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. <laughs> I know we were really, really blessed. I think, you know, it's funny. We grew up playing a lot of sports. Um, and my kind of second sport to volleyball was soccer. And Nicole's second sport to volleyball was basketball. And we, when we were trying to make the decision between the two, we were, we really did love our respective sports. Um, but ultimately, we chose beach volleyball in the end just because we loved to play with each other. And we didn't have to rely on anyone else yeah. on the field or court but each other. So. Mm-hmm. That was a big, big motivating factor, but yeah, I'd say it's it's worked out pretty well and genetically just being right and left-handed. Right. <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah. It seems like siblings really struggle to play with each other unless they're twins. Then it's like the opposite. Like they prefer to play to, together. Right? Have you yeah. seen It could be that? an age yeah, thing. It's, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's not easy though. That's the thing. Like right. we we have to work on our our relationship is so unique on the court and mm-hmm. it's something that we have to work on you know almost pretty much weekly mm-hmm. um all, something always comes up literally you know there, there's never going to be something that doesn't come up down the line um so yeah it's you have to stick it out it's really hard but it's we think it's worth it obviously for yeah. sure and yeah dane probably yeah. does too yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, luckily we've we've thankfully stuck together. yeah he does. I mean it's the <laughs> right. sport's shifting definitely. I think we came in at the right time. I think, you know, college is just the sport in general. It's it's getting a lot bigger. Um, you don't really see split blocking you know at all anymore. Yeah. Um, so we're just thankful that that we get to get to do it. We get to do it together. Yeah, the game has shifted so much just in the short time that I've been a part of it. Because mm-hmm. when I started playing like my first main draw in the avp was 2018 and the game was just getting enormous but then the guy side is now having the opposite effect where it's getting smaller and faster when until you get like the unicorns like an anders who's both huge and fast right and like an andy benish who's huge and like mobile enough mm-hmm. but then i feel like you guys are sort of like you just stayed your same and now you're like the cutting edge where you're like fast mobile good ball control like you run a fun offense like mm-hmm. i feel like you guys are like you said you have perfect timing in the college game right now yeah it's we're definitely trying to 
like you said, the game is changing a lot. And I think what we're starting to see a lot more is like spread sets, options, you know, Miles and, and his partner, Andy, like obviously they're really setting the pace there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seeing every team pretty much do it. And those that's one Swedish pair. Yeah. Right from, yeah. They're like watching them is super fun. And it's kind of inspiring yeah. for us because – you know, to get to that, to that next level, we've got to have some type of edge. Um, just given our height, we're about 5'11", but, you know, going up against a 6'4 block, or that's pretty massive. Um, but we got to have some type of edge. So we're, we've been trying to play with the jump setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've always done spread sets just because since we were 12, we've been hand setting. That's right. kind awesome. of something that we've always done. And I think yeah. that's the best part of our game. Um, so we're trying to, you know, we don't have the, the vertical that male players have, but, but we're trying to, to work on that a little bit, yeah. which is exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. A lot yeah. of trial and error, a lot of error right now, but it's getting better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The teams that have, seems like the teams that have, I mean, even Andy, who's now what, number two in the world with my, miles is different. Cause he's, was an indoor setter and sh- he's just different. <laughs> but Andy's jump setting was not pretty. It was like, looks like you're forcing it, bud. And now it's starting to work. Mm-hmm. And so I think for all the people who kind of like just go through that trial and error process, I mean, the games, we know the, the direction the game's going. So it's like, it's worth it to in- invest it, especially sure. early on, like where you guys are at in your yeah, career. Yeah, for sure. It's tough because, it, I mean, adding a jump set into your game is, it takes time. You have to spend months yes. to, to really, I mean, Half of the battle is consistently getting it down, but then the other half is doing it in competition. I think that's yeah. where it's yeah. difficult because then you can end up thinking too much on your pass. Um, yeah. You know, should I option or should I jump set? Uh-huh. Like, the worst thing is when you go up to jump set and the blocker is already on your hitter. Right. And so let's say like, that set's not it? clean. It's like that had no use. Right. Um, but that's all a part of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I think if you can work on that consistently with your partner and at least – be successful like four out of five times i would take that over over not doing it all right. so yeah 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 what do you think is the more difficult part of running an offense like jump setting because i sort of compare it like in football to like a like a read option like like lamar jackson he's always it's he's either going to hand it off to the running back or take what he sees pull it back and throw right and it takes such an intuitive cerebral player like physically it's a gift to be able to jump set clean in the right location and pace but then it's also you need to be thinking about making the right play like you just said if i go to jump set and i set it in the blocker stayed with the hitter the whole time then that was just sort of a waste of energy and it wasn't that smart and i don't know what's harder the physical Mm -hmm. side or the mental side of making the right decision of when to option when to set yeah it's It's tough and i feel like too like let's say you know they can tell when you're jump setting maybe if the blocker leaves you do that same play again and just set over Mm -hmm. like you can also kind of play with them and be like hey i actually have this option that i can do instead if you're going to bait my jump set um i think the the most difficult thing is if that does happen like you pulling away from jump setting we always talked about just keep doing it just keep doing it even if we're going for an option and we're missing it we're like hey we will end up like clapping we're like at least we tried it because if you at least for us we have another year at usc we Mm -hmm. this is where we can make mistakes this is where we don't need to necessarily you know, points aren't the winning games aren't the mm-hmm. biggest thing for us. It's more about the evolution of our game. Yeah, um, you just have to be patient. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. But yeah, and it's just like like everything else in the sport. It's just a game of feel. Like right. 
you were talking about Andy, the more he does it, it's, it's getting that touch, getting yeah. just feeling that comfort in doing it. And it just takes reps, 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 reps. And then finally the day comes when it just clicks. Yeah. And it's like the best thing ever. I've, I've <laughs> yeah. gone through that with some of the skills that in volleyball. Um, and it's, and then you look at it and it, and it's just like, oh man, like that was really worth it. Worth it. All those practices where you're just feeling totally. crappy. Finally it clicks and it's, you know, it's worth it. Sometimes it can take months, like mm-hmm. for even type of serve. Like for me, it took like a year to get my jump float down. And now it's finally, you know, and- somewhat there because not everybody <laughs> has a partner or a coach or a system or a team that is willing to wait that long you know allow you to kind yeah. of fail through for a month and develop that skill and like trust you and allow well allow you to allow yourself to make errors and whatnot that's like the biggest thing for me is like i like doing weird crafty creative things like that makes the game fun for me but I'm like, I got to tell my partner, like, yeah, I might do something stupid every once in a while. Just let me do it. Okay. I'm like, cause it'll work out in the long run. Yeah, like I need right. to enjoy myself and be creative. And that's when I play best, but then I'll make a, some dumb error or do something stupid and be like, that's the one I need you to let, let <laughs> me do it on. And, w- and which it's been hard for me. Like with Haydn, I was, his game worked well for mine, but I was always, I was young. So I was like scared to like do stupid shit because i know he'd call me out on it (laughs) (laughs) um but i actually remember like jump setting a few times back then and like doing this stuff i'm like i better do it right or else he's gonna get mad you know stuff like that um but nowadays i'm seeing i'm like dang like you need to push your partners to like be creative and try new things and especially like as the game's evolving that's why it's cool playing cam right now because he's super open to all that kind of stuff so i'm finally i'm doing the jump setting but i'm like coming down half the luckily i have like more hang time like you said like i think that's what makes it easier because i mistime it a lot like as we saw in that one highlight clip (laughs) that highlight clip was not a pretty jump set and i was oh crap i'm flying yeah yeah. i just just flicked it yeah see that's the difference is when i mistime it I, we're on the ground. We're on the ground. And I don't. I'm, and I'm. I can feel myself falling down, and my hands aren't yet on the ball. And I know, like, I yeah. lose all because my core is not tight, so I lose all my power. Yeah, and then so I literally have to time it. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Well, look at Miles. Perfectly. He catches it on the way up or right at the peak almost every time. So it's like really easy. For, yeah. He can flick it with his hands because yeah. his momentum's going up, and he's getting it right at that. Right before that peak, maybe I don't. Know. I yeah. don't really I think, know. Yeah, I think as an indoor setter too, that timing, it's getting his feet under exactly the ball, what he's is always doing. He's, yeah, yeah exactly. he's set. He's set yeah, himself even if it up isn't. well for that. Exactly. <laughs> it's interesting to see uh, the men's game evolve so much, and I feel like if you're looking at the top teams, the guys that are doing the jump setting, they've been together for a while. Like we were at, yeah. I was at U21 Worlds with um, the Swedish guys, and mm. I was, I like had to talk to their coach. Oh, nice. Like you, you're doing some crazy stuff that no one else is doing. Um, how, like what, how did you get into this? And he was telling me that he would have them jump setting since they were like 14, basically. Like they've been yeah. doing it for so many years. Yeah. It was his idea. Yeah. He like made them do it from what I understand. Razzy. He doesn't even Genius. look like a beach. He looks like a surfer guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But he's, you know, he definitely is a genius because they've just propelled themselves to the top yeah. you know, of the world. But it, on the girls side, I feel like that, you know, at least in the U.S., we're seeing a lot of turnover in partnerships. I kind of think, like, is that impacting, like, the, the 
evolution of the game for just giving those players enough time to develop those habits like jump setting spreading the ball consistently being yeah. comfortable that sometimes can take up to years to do totally yeah, take a long time like it, it takes a long time to be patient it, it's a big commitment to add that to your game mm-hmm. um and it's just interesting because the turnovers it's been kind of fast lately yeah. um yeah. it's interesting plus there's like i mean everyone has a different skill set and like at the end of the day in 10 years from now, are we going to be saying that everyone should have been practicing? Or there's like certain people, like clearly you, you did not need to go down that jump setting path. Like right. you did great without it. Right. It right. just As wasn't it part of your game. Yeah. So for everyone to force it and think that like that's how we have to be is yeah. it's not really right either. Which honestly could be the majority of women's teams. Yeah, it's, it's different. You can't yeah. completely compare it no, to the men's yeah. side. Um are there any girls teams that are like consistently using it? I don't think consistently. I've seen a couple. And is it working? I've seen a couple try it, but it doesn't it doesn't work as well because the women's teams for the most part don't option at the same rate as the men because for jump set to be effective, it you need to have the threat of the option. Like that's it. that's yeah. the whole right. sell. Yeah. And so I think once the women start optioning as much as the guys, like I think I could see like Kelly. Then Kelly Chang, yeah. if she wanted to develop mm-hmm. it, she could be lethal. Yeah. Or like Brandy just started hand setting, but if she were to develop a jump set along with that hand set, because she Lefty. options a lot, especially yeah. with Mel's passing and defense, like that would be a crazy evolution. I want to be the hitter with a jump setter one of these days. Yeah. Where's my nobody ups? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get just... any of those. You know my number. I <laughs> do know my number. We're going to Sandcast Tour. Sandcast Tour, baby. <laughs> After Paris, let's go. <laughs> Perfect. But lefty, I think, too. Yeah. It's a good combo. Like that. That's the Norse combo right there. Lefty, righty, yeah, jump I setting. Get, I didn't even give me some of this. <laughs> a little bit of fun. <laughs> but you guys, has Dane had the patience to like develop that with you guys like that so, system so we haven't this hasn't this isn't has not been a part of our game really at all yeah until like this summer like i remember i whipped out a jump set like the first time in the semifinal of the NCAA championship game like two years ago <laughs> what a time i didn't do it like all season i figured i would just do it then i was in such a flow state i was like yeah. i'm just gonna and it just happened i awesome. didn't even like predetermine it yeah um but we would do it every once in a while throughout season, but I think this summer we really started to incorporate it now. And honestly, it's not incorporated it yet. Like when you have a jump set offense, you're eighty percent of the plays you're either going to option or jump set. Mm-hmm. We haven't. It might be twenty percent. Just the occasional. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. we need to figure out it's, what the pass is going to look like. It's, and, it's it's very early stages. Yeah. Because um, we've. I don't know. It's it's tough, but like one thing that our sports psych at USC has said to us before, she's like, when when you're at the top of your game, change your game, and like Tiger Woods is is an example of that, um, changing his swing late into his career, mm-hmm. um, and so it's just interesting. I feel like the older you get, um, in order to that area of improvement just gets smaller because mm-hmm. so everyone is just so good. Yeah. And so it's like, what what can get you to that next level? And so we're we're just trying to be a little bit more dynamic. But in terms of our coaching, I think Gustavo is definitely very open to it. I think Dane is too. He is also like, and what he, when he says this, it, it is right. He's he's saying, you know, sometimes just simple is better, which mm-hmm. is true. There's mm-hmm. times when it's just you got to slow down and maybe just go up and down because we do like to move our sets around a lot and we'll go fast or we'll go like fake back, whatever we do. Um, 
And sometimes that can can kind of screw you up if, if you're both not on the same page. Yeah. But um, I think what's nice about them is is they ultimately want us to be the best versions of ourselves, and and we do have autonomy over that. So it's it's a good environment. Yeah. yeah. And even just not with the jump setting, but you guys, like you said, you run a spread offense. You move it around a lot, and I know that. Like that was sort of your system coming into USC, and probably one of the reasons was it Dane or Anna that recruited you guys? It was Anna. Anna. Okay. She kept the door open, and without her, we wouldn't be there. So. Okay. Yeah, very grateful for her. Was it a, was it like a deal breaker? Did you guys come in saying like we'll commit if we're together, or was did you leave it open <laughs> uh, to getting paired we, with different we people? We would just we would tell coaches like we're, we're kind of a package deal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which it sounds kind of funny, but it's true. We were not since we were little we've always wanted to be together yeah that's so you know it yeah, never we, changed but you know we're, we're 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 the type where we'll do as we're told and if you want to go a certain direction you know we're gonna yeah. whatever role we have we will do that role to the fullest mm-hmm. um but we did you know present our just kind of what we wanted um and that was to to play together and okay. and they they kind of all all know that but yeah. then again you know every time you step on the court you do have to prove yourself so Every yeah. year it's been it's been that it hasn't just been a, a set thing. Yeah. Yeah. Your freshman year was COVID. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can I can never make sense of who is in what year right now in college. Yeah. Are you guys like the last generation of <laughs> the COVID? Yeah. yeah after us, are. it's it's it. Okay. It's no more COVID transfers. Okay. Yep. It'll be it'll. Be. That'll make it easier for me to follow. Yeah. I was like I know <laughs> you're seniors, but are they COVID seniors <laughs> yeah. or normal seniors? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. COVID seniors. Fifth yeah. years. Yeah. COVID seniors. So you guys are three for three in NCAA championships. You two. Yes. Who's the core of that team? So it's you two, Delaney Maple. So is your and, class? Um, Megan Craft. Megan Craft. So there. Tevia Bacos is in there. Yeah, okay. Olivia Bacos. Um, those three though are. Are we missing? Are we missing anyone? Those after, after this year, I think that might. So be those it. three are in the grade below. Yeah. Okay. And we've all been together from since my soft our sophomore year, Got their it. freshman year coming mm-hmm. in. The last three. Okay. Back to back to back national championships. That's pretty dang good. That's unheard of. It works. <laughs> I want just one of those. Yeah. We, uh, gosh, it was, honestly, I, it's crazy because I, when I think about it, I just have, have no words and we're just so grateful to, to be at a place like USC where you have all the resources there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, but you have a, a group of girls coaches staff team behind the team everyone who's just so motivated and and has a shared purpose and what we're trying to accomplish and culture wins at the end of the day and um i've never in my life experienced being on the type of teams that we have the last three years it's it's just been amazing and and you know there's always like little speed bumps in the road but they're not hurdles they're just (laughs) yeah it's i mean our our culture ultimately i think has has been what the that uh, common denominator Yeah. yeah do you feel like there's a I mean, it's clearly a sports culture at USC. Do you feel like there's like added pressure knowing that it's such a prestigious, not only for beach volleyball, but just a prestigious athletic program in the country and there's so much resources poured in? You see what the football um, team's yeah, doing. Yeah, I think, I feel like it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm sh- there. I mean, there's a bit of a pressure, but I feel like it's more of like empowerment. Yeah. Like, because if you, get to USC you're meant to be there right so at that point you have nothing else but to be yourself mm-hmm. and I feel like you know the work ethic will speak for itself like if right. you have a really strong work ethic rooted in 
really strong habits, like a, just a lifestyle, yeah, you're naturally going to use all of those resources and more, right? Like happily and gratefully, yeah, and respectfully, yeah, totally. And I think at USC we always talk about it, like we everyone on our team, it's a privilege to wear USC. So I think just like the weight of the jersey, like we really know who we're playing for um, and what we're playing for. And, you know, all those players before us, the program that's been established, the institution, um, just all of it. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it adds a little bit of pressure, but I think if if you're there, you're meant to be there, you have that mindset, it's more of like, I feel like you're more in the moment because you kind of, yeah. you're willing yeah. to take all of that in. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, and I, I know, like, I feel like we, wearing that jersey, I feel like, we always do have a target on our back and, and having the success that our program has had since its birth. You definitely have a target. On your there, yeah, <laughs> it, it is there. But like my sister said, I think that, you know, when you're a USC student athlete, you really take pride in that. Yep. Um, and that pride, that confidence in everything that you do kind of overrides any sort of pressure that comes from the yeah. outside or any noise. Yeah. That comes it's like way. a certain personality that they're recruiting, right? Yeah. And clearly you guys embrace like there's different personalities that would handle it differently. Clearly you guys have embraced it and won three national championships. But there is something there that I experienced it as well. It's just like, whoa, this is this is different. Like the standard here is yeah. much mm-hmm. different. But like you said, you're there because they recruited you and they thought that you were a good fit for them. So you really just go and be yourself, right? Right. Yeah. And that should be recipe but i've also seen a lot of people fall off get freshman year hey we're all freshmen there's like five less freshmen by by the time season (laughs) starts like oh this wasn't for you was it it happens it really does and i feel like that's like you have to go in and be yourself but you also have to ask yourself what you want out of your experience Mm -hmm. coming in even as freshmen we would tell dane like hey you know what we don't need a, cat, a C on our chest to, to act like, to have a mm. leadership role. Right. Not necessarily act like a captain. And, you right. know, we knew, we knew our role yeah. definitely every year we have. But I feel like you have to have the intention of really leaving the place better than you found it and just carrying that culture that was mm. set before you. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the intention, you know, putting your work ethic to work, basically. Totally. I feel like. Who yeah. are you guys between committing to? You want to I'm sure you're recruited by everyone. Yeah, we so we mainly focused on California schools, mm-hmm. um, and we were committed to Stanford for about two years or so, and then during our um, senior year, we decommitted and and went to USC. You just shattered Andrew Fuller's heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough. That was honest. I think that was our probably the hardest decision we've ever yeah. had to make, yeah. and and it was, it's one of those things where you kind of have to be selfish. Um, and that was a really, really tough conversation to have at 17 or 18, however old <laughs> yeah. we were. Um, but, you know, it was, I, I really do think that was the best decision that we could have made for ourselves. We're, we're from SoCal, you know, mm-hmm. close to family. My dad went to USC. Grandpa went to USC, um, runs in the blood. So yeah. brother, brother was at brother USC. Brother was at too. USC, yeah. um, it, you know, and uh, we just, also the program was just so enticing to us because yeah. we, we wanted to, as freshmen, all throughout all our years in a program, we wanted to be surrounded by people who were better than us. Mm-hmm. We don't care if, you know, we're, we, sorry, let me rephrase because I don't want to say, we, you know, we, we wanted to be an environment that was very competitive. 
Um, and we felt that that was USC and, 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 you know, that was coming from Anna Collier at the time. And, and also Dane now exudes that Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the best decision for us to make. And given your, the collection of talent you've been surrounded by and your teammates at USC, your team two years ago is one of the wildest assemblages of beach volleyball players I've ever seen. So like, interesting. That's not even it, just like in terms of beach volleyball, but I think across all sports in the NCAA it was probably the most talent rich roster. In I the think country. so too. I agree. I think it will go down <laughs> in history. It was a as... professional team. It wasn't a college team. <laughs> right. it was, it was what I and said. we didn't act like college players. We acted like professionals. The way that we came in and conducted business, yeah. it was the right. craziest thing. And like as underclassmen, we had to grow up. I mean, we were we were very mature for our age, but we had to just that maturing process was kind of expedited. Yeah. Um. And then our, our junior year, I think, was just like both both those years. The team was every year. The team's been amazing, but. Our junior year, I think that might go down as as like one of the best groups I think to in beach volleyball history. Yeah, um, it was honestly just insane that in that whole season, we you know we weren't just losing matches three two. We were sorry, we weren't just winning matches three two. Right. We were we were winning them five zero four one five zero. So it was just it was crazy, and to be surrounded by that much talent. I mean, we were just so so grateful and to be able to play on the court with tina tina every day yeah. julia Haley, and and the rest I of the mean, even rest Meg of the group too. it's been great like delaney yeah. all those guys like it's just such it's been such a privilege yeah a lot. It really is i mean that roster gross. was what i mean it was tina an olympian two-time european champion on court one playing with she rotated between a couple but then megan craft was who she settled with yeah. right megan yeah. and then really Haley. if we're looking at this the, right. the most previous lineup yeah. Um, and Haley's AVP now champion. an AVP champ. And then on court two, you had what? Julia Scholes. We Megan court Kraft. two, we had Megan and Sammy Slater. Okay. Sammy, I forgot so, about Sammy. Like Sammy. one of the winningest How players of all time. Yeah. Sammy would still insane. be playing if she wasn't. <laughs> I love Sam. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazing. And, and then Julia Scholes any, at a three any, spot. Julia at a threes. Like in what, in what world? That. Just won an elite sixteen yeah, silver. Just got a silver and elite sixteen. And then the top teams in the world. That summer after they all graduated. Haley got an AVP win. Julia got an AVP right. win. That summer. And I was like, this is crazy. And Delaney and Meg won a U19 yeah, they, World they, Champs? They, um, you, yeah. Or is that U21? U, U19. U19. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the, <clears throat> like, like me and my Hawaii group, we all like have always measured ourselves against each other. Yeah. And so like when one guy went off and like did something big, it was like, oh, well then I can do that. You know, and you guys got to measure each other every day at practice and also in competition. And then someone goes and wins a pro event. We're like, well, then I guess I can win pro events. And now you guys are all just crazy. Could you imagine if you and all the Hawaiians were on the same team? (laughs) Yeah, right. There's like an outrigger college (laughs) team. Well, we were in club, (laughs) (laughs) indoor, but yeah. But it's it's wild, though. I'm sure you guys probably learned a ton just from having that. So much personal development mm-hmm. as like humans and just we just learned so much um i think probably one of my biggest takeaways something i'm most f- thankful for as well is just the growth that we've had um together and individually in our faith as well mm-hmm. which julia schools really helped us um develop that and it's just been such a um, such a like um um a focal point of like my life and like how i root myself especially with how i especially with how i approach sports psychologically as well mm-hmm. um i just felt i just got to a place that was so grounded consistently mm-hmm. when i play 
And as an athlete, you really can't ask for anything else than that. 100%. If you can try and get into that flow state consistently and figure out what grounds you, like that, that for me, that was what I always wanted. I mean, yeah. every athlete wants that. And I feel like I slowly can get the, t- you know, I've gotten the taste of that. Yeah. Um, what gets you there? What are some of the things that get you into that flow state a little easier? Well, I mean, I think individual and collective things. For one, it's we need to be treating each other really well. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, just <laughs> as siblings. Like it's, it can be hard just to hold what you want to say when it's 100%. your sibling. Yep. Um, you know, and then it's you're always talking about staying in the moment. Uh, just you got to have like that short-term memory loss. Yeah. Um, and then just for me, the knowledge that there's something bigger um just knowing my why and what i play for it's not necessarily you know to to win a trophy or something physical it's more to glorify god so that honestly carries me through everything i mean even in our final championship match it literally felt like any other match i it was the i felt so weird felt calm i was in shock after because i didn't even know what happened Again, because it just, it felt so normal. It didn't feel like it was this heightened thing that like 11,000 people were watching around right. the court. I didn't even, I was just so in the moment and mm-hmm. engrossed by like everything that was going on just on our side. Um, yeah, kind of a long-winded answer, but. That's but, what we're here yeah, for. We got no time left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But with, go ahead. If oh, I was just going to add, there, you know, there's, there's those things. Um, I think like during the game, being in the moment. And one thing that we always say is confidence is competence. Mm-hmm. I think also one of the one of the biggest things that I've taken away over my time at USC is like really gaining that confidence. And it's almost like it's funny. Tina <laughs> said this before. What our coaches will do is they'll get some of our previous players to to say something on a video and just kind of like a good luck thing before mm-hmm. our national. And we've done done it the last three years, um, kind of the night before our national championship game. And Tina was talking, and it's like such a Tina, Tina thing to say, but because she literally embodied this, she was saying, you know, and you know how foreigners can be kind of blunt and just straightforward. So she's very much like that, but yeah. in, in the best way. She's very humble. Um, she was like, you know, when, when you step on the court, you kind of have to, you know, stand tall, and you have you have an arrogance about yourself. You're not too cock, but but you kind of are cock. Like she said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's literally like when you see Tina, like nothing phases her and she kind of like stands tall yeah. and she just, Definitely. you kind of have to know you're the shit, excuse my language, but yeah. you can't like, and it's not something that's, you know, it, it's not anything that has to be taken personally or whatever, yeah. but, but I think having that confidence in ourselves really just, it breeds competence. Yeah. Like it allows you to just, functionally do the right next thing um and then in addition to that in terms of getting in the flow state i think having a routine is really important right yeah. every day whether that's before a match you're listening to whatever song you like or you go by the water and we'll like to pray together or you know you sit and you just what i like to do actually and what we do at usc is we do breathing mm-hmm. um so you know for me just four in uh, hold for four, four out. I love box breathing. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's, I do five minutes before every match. That's what I do, um, which I think really helps because then it's just like, okay, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I've been here before. I know what this is, and then you, you're just getting your your body, you know, physically comfortable because it that's just cues that'll tell it that yeah. that you're here. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And for the national championship, I was watching, and uh, it com- comes down to you guys. I feel like that happens a lot with you guys because it was what two two. I came down to your court, mm-hmm. and I remember afterwards, Dane 
said, of course, maybe with confirmation bias and Henny's like, I'd rather have no one else on the court but the North sisters. Because you guys are, are you undefeated in Gulf Shores? No. No, our, so that's where this, yeah. I think, so our, we already know what we can say, yeah. but um, our sophomore year, we, I don't think we, we approached the game the same, but but kind of how we handled it mentally was different. Okay. And our sophomore year, you know, we hit the season really hard, and, and we wanted to be up here right away. Mm-hmm. And so we actually had like a 24-game winning streak or something um, that whole se- So we were killing it up until the end, and we kind of just went like that. And so kind of not gone, having gone through that, going into our junior year, also into our senior year, we just thought, okay, we want to go like this. Mm-hmm. We don't. We want to have a growth mindset. Just continually operate on that, and we. You don't have to be at one hundred percent first part of the season, right? So we wanted to ultimately peak at the right time. Mm-hmm. So I think having that mindset, um, like slow and steady, kind of wins the race. The last two years has really, really helped us, and it's gotten yeah. to us to the point where we feel very comfortable in going into those postseason like conference tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just, I feel like. For our entire team, it was just – we may have lost that – if you put us on paper and we played that UCLA team like 10 times, we may have lost seven or eight times, but, you know, we showed up on that day. Like we yeah. – it was – we peaked at the right time basically. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the story for ever, for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like when you're in that third – set match that's what you want that's every athlete's dream or it should be if you right. play the sport right? right you get a chance to win and regardless you have to put a point on the board but then when it comes down to you it makes it that much sweeter so i think mm-hmm. we were just excited to even be put put in that position yeah. i remember before this that final was crazy because we had gone up we went up 2-0 on ucla and yeah. audrey and i we didn't were, think that was gonna happen to be honest <laughs> no we were hoping I, for I a split we were hoping for a split yeah um and then it started to happen, and we were watching it, and we, you know, Megan Delaney were there with us, Gabby and Olivia, and I just, I like felt it coming, and I would pulled Audrey aside, and I was like, listen, it's coming down to us. Like, you have to know that this match is coming down to our court. We need to make sure we get a point on the board for our team today. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what happened, kind of manifested it. Um, because you never know what's going to happen in beach volleyball. Yeah, Anything be ready. can happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to prepare yourself. It's windy. It's yeah. It's, pressure. It's, yeah. You know, it's windy. a whole other atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we I think we were just ready to, to take on that challenge. Yeah. So you guys were pretty attuned to what was happening on the other courts. Because I never really know. I feel like athletes take that treat it differently. Um, I, I try not so, to look, honestly. Yeah. I try not to look. Um, I, I, we were definitely aware when, when everyone was crowding our court. But... The amazing thing is during that final, like I was just in such a flow state that I didn't really, I couldn't hear the crowd around me. I couldn't hear really anything except for my sister. And so, and that's kind of exactly where, where you want to be in in that position. And sometimes it's hard to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, it's like your mindset, your mind is a muscle. You just, you got to work it. Yeah. Um, right. And so we, luckily we've done the preparation to, to feel comfortable in, in those moments. For sure. Um, yeah. We didn't, I didn't know that it was coming down to us until our team surrounded our court. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't ever look at other scores on other courts cause it doesn't matter. Right. Those are just, that's just information that shouldn't Something impact you your decision control. at all. So yeah. why would I even, right. why right. would I even take it in? Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, that was kind of what happened. But. That's like another big thing is control what you can control, yes. right? Don't don't put wasted energy. That's like one thing that Goose says is like put your energy in the right places. Yes. And just control what you can control, and that's all you can do. You put your best foot forward, and yeah. then keep putting your best foot forward. It's funny, like can you imagine us in, in college? Like I was like not knowingly starting to learn sports psychology and whatnot, and like the internal dialogue was all just me trying to. F- figure out ways to play better but like the way i talk about it now is like how you guys are talking about it now but i'm like <laughs> 12 years old <laughs> yeah. well, I'll yeah. tell you, it's pretty impressive i'll tell you i think being identical twins has has helped with that because you know transparently we've we've had a sports psych since we were 16 wow yeah and that yeah. and it originally started to work on our relationship as sisters because we knew we wanted to play the sport together for a long time but right only way we're gonna do that is if we saw someone to help us through <laughs> totally. our differences and we sound like husband like, wife it's but like a marriage counselor literally it's how like, many people no, like a marriage to hear that though, yeah like, but you really are you so it's, yeah. it's how you figure get it out it. yeah and so that kind of what started as as us trying to figure out how to basically understand what the other needs on the court and then also like you know over time we each individually have our own issues that we go through and mm-hmm. so sometimes we'll have one-on-ones yep. and you just like for me, like I figured out certain tools that I can bring out when I'm in a rut in a game or something. Like certain things I'll say or certain things I'll do, and she might not have the same ones, but <clears throat> you know, there's you develop tools to kind of help you through that. Yeah. Um, and we've just, it's tough. You know, in the beginning, it was tough being vulnerable because we always thought like we don't need to talk to someone. It's like. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> my kid is just going ham over there <laughs> no the construction site <laughs> um, but over time you know the it the sport it can get pretty heavy so you you need i mean for us we just needed that outlet i mean the way that i'm that i was that i'm still wired is like i i try to muscle my way through things like i feel like i could run through a wall if you wanted me to yeah like we run the the beat test at usc right it's one of the conditionings we do it's really hard and yeah, I, not, like, I need to be the last one up. And if not, then I need to be on the floor. Like, I can't. So it was really hard for me to muster up the courage and embrace the vulnerability to say, okay, may, actually, this could be really helpful for me. Right. It's not something I can do on my own. Yep. Um, I think that's also, like, the faith piece for us is, like, you know, you can't just do life on your own. You need, you need something that's going to ground you and it's going to pull you back oh, when, when you are kind of off course floating yeah yeah so yeah no i'm i'm right there with you i'm trying to like right now kind of expand my capacity to work and whatnot and i'm saying these same things to myself like control the controllables like Mm -hmm. ground myself somewhere um but yeah no it's impressive because i i just think back to my college days i'm like i was nowhere near having the same like internal dialogue and awareness and whatnot yeah, I think that's that's the thing is becoming being able to kind of like take that thing out that's super deep in you and and unraveling it. Yeah. And that's the hard part is like unraveling it and and kind of figuring out okay, this is why that I do these things. And not just for volleyball. Like, right. Like Definitely. when I'm hearing you it's say, I'm just like, this is people. these are life skills right here, people. Like, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. we're not, not even and talking about volleyball. That's not an easy volleyball. thing to do. It's really really not. Um, yeah. and, and like like it's like that self awareness and yes. and learning more about, more more about yourself. Oh, I know. And, and so and it's all a process. I mean, 
we're we're nowhere no, nowhere near close to you know to, to getting anything perfect but it's important i think in life and not just in sport but you know with a job with a family yes 100 mm-hmm. like my family right here she's, <laughs> she's so cute just control the controllables <laughs> um it's funny like hearing like all the internal dialogue because when we had mike gervais on the show he's, he's awesome. awesome he was asking us what we th- where we thought confidence comes from and we're like oh, experiences and like you know stuff like that and he he said that it comes from self-talk and like that internal dialogue it that's yeah. where all that confidence comes from and you guys clearly have a lot of it but also have a lot of that internal dialogue and awareness going on so two and two put yeah. them together yeah. <laughs> but it's hard you, it's like and it, it's it's confidence isn't something that you know, you work to have, and then you just have, you have, you, you can't, you can never give up on the self-talk thing. Yeah. Especially in our sport, especially like if you're the one that's getting the serves, like you, you always need to be giving yourself that self-talk. Sometimes I get quiet and it doesn't help, but like, I have to remind myself that that actually will bring out my confidence more. Like, and you kind of manifest things and totally so it's definitely it's something that you yeah. like really have to work on I feel it's like, like. this salt mm-hmm. uh that false confidence piece like we've all had those friends who are just like how are you like what you shouldn't be that confident and then they just keep and this, this is trevor crab for me they just keep getting better and you're like what no, there's no way you're gonna be good and then no because he's just in his mind he just knows who he is and what he wants to do and yeah yeah i'm like Phew. I guess there's no such thing as false confidence. It's just whatever you think, you're probably it's probably gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's definitely like having that self worth and yeah. knowing your value. Yeah. You don't need really validation from other people. Exactly. You kind of like you hear other people what they say and you just don't believe it and you just yeah. whatever you believe in your head, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. But like but quote. not having that awareness is dangerous, right? Because you don't realize you have this negative self talk you're telling yourself and like beating yourself up in your head until you do have that mindfulness you gain that tool to be aware of it and then it's like oh like now i'm aware that i'm being mean to myself or super negative to myself now i can choose to believe that or not yeah, you know definitely mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it reminds me of this quote that i really like and i don't i forget who said it but it's uh there are those who think they can and those who think they can't and both are usually right Yes, exactly. And that's essentially what sports is in life, really. Yeah, totally. But that's awesome that you guys have this dial, like Tri said, at at such a young age. Because I didn't really start looking into sports psychology until I was like 29. (laughs) It's it's kind of the wave that we're in a bit. Yeah, Um, I I think think we came onto it really early, and we're pretty vocal about, um, you know, that we... We do, you know, we work with sports psych, and we need, and that's a huge part of our game. And we've just seen the return that it's given us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just, I feel like college athletes in general are turning more to sports psych to, um, just to to work on that mental side because mm-hmm. it is so important, especially at the next level. Yeah, it's been proven now at the next level. Is like every most professional athletes are like swearing by it now. So why wouldn't yeah. USC be pushing it on their athletes? Yeah. And why wouldn't those athletes? You know, the high school athletes that are training hard look to the college athlete, you know. Yeah. It's just the evolution of it. USC has one of the, I think they have a team of 22 psychologists, which is, Crazy. I think, Jeez. some of the most in the country. Wow. And they've, it's kind of That's been awesome. that big for a while. Yeah. Most places only have like two. We yeah. had like a guy come in once or twice a year I think, <laughs> and like talk to us kind of thing. Like, yeah. 
but it wasn't once or twice it wasn't yeah it was like in the film room and like oh this guy does sports psychology we're like okay what is that and like <laughs> yeah. you weren't in college that long ago it doesn't so feel like, USC, it was that like long it's ago. come a long way <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah very it's, innovative i think them and it's just become a whole wave mm-hmm. yeah. seeing a lot of big programs yeah. across the nation you, said, you guys like obviously are kind of going about things in a professional way just naturally being a part of that program um how's like the balance of just being in college taking care of school but also just the social life and like enjoying where you're at in life right now yeah it's it's tough because you know there's parts of the year where it's it's great it's super fun and obviously parts of the year where it's not and you just have to know kind of what spot you're in so i mean obviously we're a spring sport and when seasons seasons we're in season we're very much dialed in and so it the social life is definitely less Mm -hmm. um just because you're committed to to accomplishing this thing um but it's you know it's tough you it's kind of what you sign up for being yeah. a student athlete and you have to know that you're going to make that sacrifice of, okay, maybe I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm going to stay in and not and all the up. athletes are, are, uh, uh think yeah. they yeah. signed up for that. It hasn't changed that much. But there's definitely a lot of sacrifices that you yeah. have to make. And like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's tough. Like sometimes yeah. it, it really is tough. Um, and it feels like you, you do end up missing out on this other thing, but, what I have done, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it right. for the world. So yeah. it's, you know, the grass is always greener. I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really is. And I feel like 100%. we all like, we kind of always say this when we think of student athletes for us, student comes before athlete. We actually prioritize our academics uh-huh. over athletics. Um, but we prioritize them both really highly. Yes, yeah. right. And I, you know, that's what drew us to Stanford really initially. Um, like that epitome of just academic and mm-hmm. athletic excellence, basically. Um, yeah, it, you definitely have to give up something, but it's worth it, especially if, you know, if you have conviction and, and you have that work ethic and you know what you want. Um, but you can always balance it. That's the thing. Like, it's yeah, not that hard to balance. Yeah. I think one of the most important things in life is relationships. Um, and looking back on our three years, I think what I'm really, one thing I'm most grateful for is the relationships I've been able to cultivate, the people that I've met, my teammates, coaches, professors, alumni. Um, and, you know, you always have to make sure that that those are kind of being given the love because I think that's what kind of brings me some of my most happiness, I feel like, yeah. is, like through my relationships. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of a balancing act, honestly. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it's that hard, to be, to be honest. I will say that your first year, it's pretty darn difficult because yeah, it's very it's new. Yeah, but right. once you figure out that routine and – and really, it's figuring out your priorities, yes. um, how to utilize your resources. Then again, we're at USC. Like, we have all the resources. You don't have right? that excuse. I, we'll right. talk to our, gra- our, yeah. Yeah, our grad transfers will come in, and they'll just be amazed by all the stuff that we have at yeah. our fingertips. Um, so I think there's a bit of that in there, you know? Yeah. Like, I we thought, have it pretty nice. I was not good at academics, and I came from a school with, like, I graduated 20 kids in wow. Hawaii. And I was like shocked, just like what's going on? Like I don't, I don't know how to do any of this. I don't even know how to write an essay. <laughs> and, but the resources were all there. The tutors were set up. You know, I could do the lower level writing classes or whatever. The resources were there, and it was up to me to use them. And it was just an ex- if I if I failed out and didn't make it, it was because I didn't try. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't because 
uh, the school was too hard and like I just wasn't built for it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I have seen people that like, you know, just didn't do the work, were lazy through it, smarter than me, I thought. And I'm just like, that, that's on you. You don't make it through because all the resources in the world are available at that school for yeah. sure. It, yeah. it takes courage to really try. Right. That's the thing. I think a lot of times people can be drawn back because they're afraid of maybe failure or afraid mm. of uh, it not working out. Yeah, so if you went all in just, and then yeah. you failed, that means that you... Your best wasn't good enough. Yeah, was, wasn't it, enough. was it worth it in the first place? Right. Yeah. Which I feel like that's our mindset going into everything is like, just go all in because it doesn't matter what the outcome is. Because if you can get to the end line and look back and not regret any of the work that you put in, then it really shouldn't matter what the what the outcome is. Yeah. Because, you know, that's fate. That was supposed to happen the way yeah. it was supposed to happen. Yeah. And then it just goes back to, like, what your why is when, when you're going through like that. And let's say you don't hit your expectation that you wanted. It Well, you're playing, like, and for us, we're playing, you know, to glorify God. And, and, and that in our faith is we're just really strong in our faith. And that's kind of why we do it. And, and volleyball is just so small. There's life is so, yeah. you know, there's so much more to life. And so you, I think just knowing to kind of like reset, ground yourself in that, or at least we do, that is also really, really helpful. And it allows you to fail forward, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of just feeling like, you know, you've, you've lost it all. Right. You're, you're able to, okay, you're able to actually learn from it, which yeah. I think is the most important thing. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are bigger than volleyball, if you do need to go, I don't want to get Yeah, you. I might have to dip out for a <laughs> little family photo shoot. But I like where the combo is going. I'm like, uh, I'm going to stay. Yeah, I'm going to dip out and let you guys finish without me. Thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for coming on. Yeah, I'm going to stick around I'll listen to the and rest. hang out with you guys. Thanks for awesome. having <laughs> See you guys. Yeah, yeah. See you, John. We got to manage schedules here. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all, good I enough totally when we just, when we just have them home. Totally get that. Yeah, the summer podcast scheduling is always such a wild ride because I'm on the road, he's on the road. Now we both have kids, and then Savvy is our like third host. Yeah. And she's also doing world tour in AVP. Yeah. So half the time it's like, well, the guests can make it, but Try can't. Savvy can't. I can do this time, and so scheduling's always a mess. Yeah. I was like, all right, Try, we got you for 45. We'll take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But that's it's so cool that you guys have, like you have that zoomed out perspective already because mm-hmm. like when i was a younger athlete like in high school it was like the world was winning a state golf championship and then i was in college it was all about like basketball and i did club swim too and i didn't really get the zoomed out perspective really until now and you realize like how small volleyball is in the grand scheme of things when did you guys start to get that i know you've mentioned faith a bunch of times and yeah. that's like a solid bedrock to have but i feel like your parents had to have done a really nice job of instilling those values in you yeah i mean i think you're our parents have done so much for us and they are just huge, huge points of inspiration for us because we would not be anywhere near where we are without them. Truly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we work really hard, but they've provided for us a million opportunities and more to get to where we are today. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, indebted to them. They're so grateful for them. Um, I think, you know, I feel like it's a mix of a lot of things. It's parenting is probably a big one. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I at least felt that zoomed out perspective, um, I feel like after we kind of, after we went through COVID and um, our injuries, our respective injuries, and also, you know, leading on people like Julia, where we started to just really understand what our self-identity was and what mm-hmm. our self-worth was, that's when I kind of like saw that shift. 
probably like my sophomore sophomore year yeah of of college i think yeah i think i think sophomore year of college it was like my sister said being surrounded like people uh being surrounded by with sorry (laughs) surrounded by (laughs) people it's hard being surrounded by people like julia schools um and, and having that that inspiration in your life and seeing how she just leads like such a godly life and she's just such a light she's like one of those people that you say she walks into a room and and just lights it up Mm -hmm. without even trying that and she's just naturally is like that um and and she it's because she lives through her faith um and so having her was was really just in terms of our development it was very impactful for us um the other thing i would say is is getting injured having a chronic injury for the first time yeah i've always had you know strains pulls but I, um, you know, being out for four months at a time. What'd you do? I had a bone bruise on my elbow. Did you guys both have injuries? Yes. Identical injuries. No kidding. We both had bone bruises on our capitulums. Um, How did you both the get the same injury? You know, it's crazy. I got mine yeah. six months after her, but I don't know how it happened. We were both, so we were both under, we were both under underweight okay. at the time. So we kind of had gone through this period kind of after COVID where, you know, we, Everything was sort of taken away, and so we were like, okay, we're, we're kind First of stir time on crazy. Our own. No okay. nutrition, is it? We, yeah. Right. So we were, you know, we were working out a lot, and we just weren't fueling correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of after five months, you know, we were kind of down, a bit skinny, and then you know we just didn't have the body fat to protect. Once we got back to USC to protect what we were doing, and yeah. so over time, you know, I got in, injured my elbow, and I remember. I got to this point where um, I was just, I, I, up until that point, I think that for the most part, my identity was rooted in volleyball. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't always say that. I'd be like, no, you know, I'm I'm school. I have all these other things, but I don't think I fully looked myself in the mirror. And there were other things too, like, you know, my sister it was a captain this last year and I wasn't, you know, things like that as a twin. Um, and I, I, I believe that you can be leader whether you have that C on your chest or not. Right. That was just something that I'd always wanted to accomplish. And, um, but that again, like each person has, has her own path, has his own path. Um, and so kind of going through things like that where I've had to compare or I've just, you know, been in a spot where volleyball was taken away through my injury, I really had to just, I don't know, it, it made me kind of I, I had like a mini I, um, identity crisis if yeah. you will um, and going through that I kind of that just really really helped me um, in in just kind of learning more about you know there's bigger things in life like this yeah. isn't end of the world um, and this is just one of those seasons that I have to get through um, it definitely opened my eyes and it did cause me to look in the mirror and so I am grateful for that um, you know I, I honestly I wouldn't change it because I, I definitely learned a lot yeah, I feel like those seasons of life are so valuable. When you're in it, it's horrible. And yeah. then when you when you make it out the other end, you're like, I'm way better having had that happen to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. Know? Like you would never recommend it. No. You're like, the perspective I have is invaluable now. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So would, true. would not do it again. Yeah. That's for sure. And maintaining weight is so hard. Cause, yeah. yeah. I mean, I struggle with that because I like when I, do you guys wear the whoop or any recovery? We things? did for two years. I used to, but to, like with the goal of trying to track so we could just keep gaining, gaining, seeing our sleep, making sure yeah. we're, our bodies are just in the shape they need to be in. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And 
for me, I think the numbers kind of got me. Like, I just began thinking about it way too much. Yeah. And it, it kind of got in my head a little. Mm -hmm. So I don't really wear it anymore. Because um, if I, you know, if I didn't burn this amount of calories one day, oh, I shouldn't be eating this much. It just kind of played with my right. head a bit. And ultimately, I think eat good to feel good. Mm -hmm. If you're full, stop eating. If you're not full, you know. So I just with the calorie tracking, it wasn't great for me. Yeah. However, I do love that product. I think mm -hmm. Whoop is amazing in what yeah. they're doing, especially with the recovery and the strain, mm -hmm. the heart love rate. The company. Yeah. Like they're doing really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, but that was just me. And I, I did like it when I when I wore it. Yeah. But gaining gaining weight and keeping weight is really hard. It's especially on the beach. <laughs> you burn so many calories. Yeah, and it's burning, like, you know, it's really hard calories. for females, yeah. I think, too. Um mm -hmm. you know, it's tough. Like guys will get on the scale in the weight room and they'll be like, Oh shoot, like I only weigh this much, like I gotta put on more pounds and stuff. Yeah. I don't think I've and ever for said females, that. It's like, <laughs> like, no, even, even when you are underweight, you're still you still almost want to be like, look, it's weird. It's just, I think as a female, um, it's, it's difficult because we, you know, we put on weight and get, take off weight in a very different way than, mm -hmm. than male athletes mm -hmm. do. And I'm sure it's, I'm, it's hard for every athlete. I mean, especially depending on the, our sport is literally straight cardio. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not an easy thing. I mean, we're, we're also, we play in bikinis, you know, so right. yeah, it's, um, but it's you just you just kind of got to figure out what works for your body. Mm -hmm. Kind of have to it's trial and error. You got to figure out what your ideal playing weight is. You don't necessarily need a set number, but maybe just you like know a, a guideline, range. healthy range. Um, and your your performance should trump your ability to perform the way you want to perform should trump how you think you should look. Right. Based on you know this social construct. Mm -hmm. That's what I. That's what we've learned. Yeah. Um, over time. Yeah. Yeah, because it. Uh, I remember because wearing the Whoop, it was alarming to me how many calories I burned on the beach. Like after a day Especially when I a, guy, a day when I practiced so and lift, it was like a sixty five hundred calorie day. Like a twenty twenty point one strain. Yeah. And. <laughs> well, that's crazy. So last year. <laughs> By that's a lot of food May. to eat. So, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> so I'm just like crushing peanut butter, just spoonfuls yeah, of yeah. peanut butter at yeah, a time. Yeah. But last year, by like mid May, I'd played maybe seven tournaments and I'd lost 25 pounds. Oh my God. And wow. So I took a month off just to like regain it. Because wow. like my like healthy weight is like 205. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I hadn't seen 180 in a really long time. And I was like, Whoa. all right, <laughs> I should that's take wild. some time. That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. So yeah. the beach just melts weight. I think it's, t it is, it's true. It does. And it's, it's tough because when we're in season, um, you kind of have to eat a lot to be, a ton. and you have to eat more than you're burning. Actually. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that people don't get is like, you can't just get up to or under, you kind of have to consume more calories than yeah. you're burning. Especially if you want to peak in May. Exactly. That's the thing. Yeah. No, you're so right. It's, it kind of for, at least for me as a female, like it kind of screws up my eating like schedule a little bit because like after you're done playing you're just constantly thinking about food was this enough did i get this in enough you know the, in the morning i need to make sure i, I eat the right yeah. breakfast and in between training i need to have this much protein yeah. and then because we really care about what we put into our bodies and then when you're done with season you're like well like what do i do now i'm not really <laughs> doing much today right. you know we've been yeah. training a lot this summer so you, mm -hmm. it's simple but it's just it's so interesting it's, it's hard it's it is difficult it yeah. is really hard and i think we were i think we were in particular pretty hyper fixated on it just because having gone through an injury where 
you know, for me, it was um, getting tooled on my block. And then yeah. it was a hyperextension injury for me. Mm. And again, like I just didn't have the support. Yeah. So going through an injury where, you know, weight did play a part in it. Yeah. it it's that's what kind of always I, I have that fear in my head of like, man, like I, I got to make sure I'm eating enough so that that doesn't happen again. Um, even though it's like that's going to like that's a whole process. It takes months to be on a certain track and, and not eating enough for that to occur. But still, it's just kind of like PTSD almost in the, in, <laughs> in the back of my head. Um, and it's never an easy thing. Like I just think as a female athlete, especially playing a sport where, you know, you're in a bathing suit or you're in spandex, whatever it is, finding that balance. For me, what's really hard is finding that balance between looking a certain way but also feeling really good. And feeling confident in that, hey, you know, I've got, like, very big shoulders, like, you know, that. I think that's, especially with social media, like, it's just, it's tough. It's a tough thing to balance. But I think it just goes back to to really just, like, loving, like, I, like, love the way I feel on the court. Like, I feel mm-hmm. very explosive. I feel having an extra 5 to 10 pounds, I feel a heck of a lot better than I did, you know, the other way. Um, and so you kind of just have to, you got to put yourself first in that way. Um, and you honestly have to shift your mindset. Like it's, I think that it it becomes like this mindset thing where you see all this stuff on social media, how it should be, how it shouldn't be. And then it kind of messes with you. So you kind of have to like switch that, um, switch that perspective of it, I guess. It's, it's gotta be so hard, especially as females and especially in this new era of NIL where a lot of the sponsorships are coming in a lot of times based on how marketable you are on aesthetics. That's true. true. You know, and you look at, you know, the, like I'll use the Cavender twins as an example. I'm sure you guys have followed their story where they're making Mm -hmm. millions and they were good basketball players, but not great. Mm -hmm. It's gotta be so hard where you're like (laughs) sponsorships. A lot of times are based on how you look, your performance is how you feel. And there's this weird balance between the two. I don't envy women athletes. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I think the biggest thing with that with social media and NIL is you you can't be someone you're not. We're not going to go on social media, you know, post content that we're not or right. do things that we're not going to mm-hmm. really do, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, it's tough because you want to be brandable. You want to be you know, aesthetically pleasing and all that stuff, but you also want to be really true to yourself. Mm. And that's always driven our brand that we've mm-hmm. tried to develop over the yeah. years. It's just authenticity. We're not going to change who we are for a brand because we wouldn't yeah. partner with them in the first place if we thought that was the motivation. Right. You want to be aligned in your messaging to your yeah. audience yeah. from the brand and from, you know, the yeah. athlete and client yeah. standpoint. And mm-hmm. like, it may take longer to get there because like, let's be honest, you know, what, what gets more views, more followers as if you're a little less tasteful and, (laughs) you know, um, but that's just not who we are. Um, and so I think like what my sister said, you know, you hear a lot, you know, follow the money. We, you know, we don't always follow the money because, you know, it's, it's for us, it's, it's very important to just stay true to ourselves, stay true to our values and, and, and just have faith in that in the long run. And we're willing to, we're fully committed in, in seeing that through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have NIL deals right now? Um, so yeah, so we've got some, some, we don't have, um, any major long-term deals currently, mm-hmm. but we're working with, um, a great, 
um, kind of supplements, protein mix brand um, called Promix, and we really okay. love their stuff. Um, but we just we just signed with new with a new representation recently, so hopefully okay. we can kick that back up. Most of our NIL activity is largely kind of one-off deals. Okay. Our goal is to get a six-month sponsorship yeah. deal, um, which we've had like two to three-month sponsorship stuff, but yeah. we, we just want to make that longer, create yeah. longevity for ourselves and keep setting ourselves up to to survive in the yeah. in this sport yeah. <laughs> the money's brutal but yeah <laughs> yeah tough. that's it's our last year of nil so we're really we're trying to take advantage really trying to take mm-hmm. advantage of it. we don't have that yeah. much left yeah. in there just trying to save up as much as we can yeah, yeah. smart so yeah and you guys have mostly taken off of avps during the summer um is that mostly just to try to stay healthy and um, get ready for college i mean we've played in all the we've we've i wouldn't say we take it off because this year you only played denver right we, yeah, we played. We played Denver. Um, didn't qualify for Hermosa because we were out of town. Um, playing the Manhattan Beach qualifier. Okay. The, the issue with it is that we finished, you know, our season the beginning of May, so we already missed out on a few things, and then we took like a, a grad trip. Yeah. Um, but when we're here, we're trying to train. Okay. And, and, so it's just and more of a scheduling thing. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys were just like, because it's hard for. The college girls, you guys compete so much. Like your season's such a sprint, and then you go sprinting straight into AVP, yeah. and then you're yeah. in the fall season. Yeah. And that's got to be tough, both body and mind, to do that. A really tough mind. Um, I feel that's like, thing. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's tough. This summer we were really focused on. We weren't too focused on the results. We were, like we said, we're trying to change our game just mm-hmm. a little bit and fine tune some things. So honestly, what we were really focused on is getting really strong in the gym, lifting a lot, um, kind of playing with that while, you know, having lifting, being in the gym five days a week and playing in tournaments, like four to five days, like trying to see how that worked. Yeah. Um, so we weren't too worried about, about the results just because – this last year, like I, I was out last fall for a while, had some tendonitis um, in my knee. And so I never really got to build that base again. Kind of when season started, I was just getting back into yeah. it. And I kind of just had to sustain what I had. So it was really just trying to get the muscle back on and, and just get a really solid base. Because mm-hmm. we're just trying, like right now, we're just really trying to grow, yeah, um, grow our game and just hopefully have it more fine-tuned by next summer. Yeah, leading, leading into our pro career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, because you guys hit the world tour pretty hard, was that 2019 that summer? Like you guys yeah, went to yeah, Brazil was, and Cambodia. And... Yeah, we yeah we did. We one stars, so lower yeah. level. Um, it's still international. Tour. And you never know. I mean, you could run in to I mean Sweden, in the one star. You yeah, know? true. There was a one star. Gosh, in 2017, that Anders and Christian played Perisic and Schweiner. In like the ninth place rounds, and now you're looking at two of the top three teams right. in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. I mean, we would love to be able to play on the tour again. It's just it's so expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's difficult to to go to your parents and and <laughs> say, hey, can you help me out here? We <laughs> yeah. don't have any income to. Yeah. To... Also, feel guilty doing that. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a lot. We have a lot of pride, and I. I kind of want to spend what what we earn, yeah. Um, Cause I just feel bad, kind of picking back off. You know, they're paying for our rent, and in LA, that's just atrocious. Right. <laughs> so that's why we're like we talked about NAL. We're really just trying to 
utilize this opportunity and save up as much as we can yeah. Um, yeah. just to sort of get a jump start and, and give ourselves the opportunity to, to play professional beach volleyball, yeah. essentially. Smart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to go for it. Yeah. Um, post-college, we're going to see see what we can do. Um, it, it's what we love to do. And if we can play and use our bodies and be active for a job, that would be like the it's dream. It's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> it's yeah. just a matter of if it's sustainable. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, we want to live a certain lifestyle and we want to, um, you know, we have goals. We have professional and career goals that we also are interested in that we mm-hmm. want to figure out and stuff. So it's just a matter of balancing it networking a heck ton yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously like getting to know the right people and um yeah those sponsorship dollars hopefully those go up <laughs> yeah well, where can uh where can people follow you guys so it's it's at beach volleyball twins on every platform got it um yeah we've had that domain name since we were i think super smart freshmen in high in high Maybe school like four, yeah 14 15 yeah. um yeah what are your biggest platforms that you guys use i mean instagram i feel like instagram is, is and tiktok a must. okay yeah, we've, really, TikTok yeah we've been trying to we've been trying to grow it kind of this this year a okay. lot and we're still trying we're i think finally picking up some traction mm-hmm. um but it's tough you know it's it really is a job in and of itself so it's yeah. kind of another thing on top of what we're doing but i mean i don't know it's like i said you just got to find a routine and and it really enjoy what you do so yeah. we're very passionate about it yeah, so it's, I, it's worthwhile. I like refused. I could because Travis was like, "Should we get a TikTok?" And we hired someone, and then wasn't doing a great job. She was like, "Can you keep doing the TikTok?" She's like, "No." <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't tough. enjoy doing it. I was like, "I'm just not a TikToker." See, it's we difficult. Like, yeah. Originally, we weren't really social media people, yeah. but we've had to really just bring those walls down and mm-hmm. and try to get comfortable because that is literally, I mean, that's our lifeline essentially right. in terms of female athletes making money outside mm-hmm. of of tournament you know winnings so it's kind of do or die yeah <laughs> and social media it gets a justifiably really bad rap but when you i just look at it as a tool and when i use it as a tool it's really useful mm-hmm. it's when i catch myself not using it as a tool i'm like all right so i'll literally just delete instagram off my phone yeah that's, once which is good once my use like once it's done being the hammer i need it to be uh-huh. And then I delete it off the phone. Yeah. And I'll re-download it the next day, use it as a tool, and then get it away again. That's the yeah. thing. I think we use it as a tool so much mm-hmm. that I don't I'll, – I'll definitely go on it to update. But usually when I go on it, it's to check and see if, you know, the content's performing the way I want it to yeah. perform. If we're delivering, you know, the right content to the brand that we want, mm-hmm. uh, what brands are doing. I more see it as, like, a job. Like, yeah. It's so interesting, and then when I'm off, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm off of it, which I kind of appreciate that. Yeah. TikTok is the app though, where I could scroll for a yeah. while. It's, I mean, like I could just. There's companies were designed by there. like really high end psychologists. Like they know how to get yeah. you. When I start yeah. scrolling, I'm like, damn it, I get it. I yeah. get why people get so hooked on this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's the short form content. It's it like is. Three second. Oh. 30 second videos that you're like oh i can just do one more it turns into like a hundred more yeah. videos yeah. like 25 minutes later you're just yeah. like caught in the death scroll like an hour. totally <laughs> i've been totally. stuck on there for like two hours before totally i think that's how long i went yeah 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 well you guys you have manhattan in a couple days good yeah. luck thank you and then you. when Thanks. does usc fall start we start um, gosh we start school next Monday. Yeah. So wow. we're starting our, our grad gone. grad school yeah. next Monday, which we're really excited about. Yeah. Um, 
and then practice will start like two or three weeks after i think okay. yeah, after Labor super Day light okay to start yeah and so you guys you return most of your team huh i mean i know you lost a lot of the grad transfers throughout like madison shields yep. so it's gone right yep yep we lost our grad transfers graduated um but we've got we've had a very young team so yeah they're all, everyone's still there. And then we've got kind of an influx of, of new grad transfers as well. Oh, nice. As well, some good freshmen too. So Who's who's transferring in? We have um, Maddie Kriz from Stanford. Okay. Ainsley from Cal. Um, Grace Seitz from Ellis. Seitz. Yeah. From Ellis. Sorry. Grace Seitz from LSU. Um, gosh, Emily, what's her last name? I think. I'm not sure. She's um, we have an indoor indoor player that's gonna play both. She's awesome. on the USC team now. Awesome. Um, another another indoor player. Yeah, right? another indoor player from uh, Texas, and um, yeah, I think maybe another one. Jeez. And we have six freshmen you coming in. You guys have reloaded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's a reload. Yeah. I think yeah. it is a reload. This team is, um, will be a lot a lot more um, equipped than last year's team in terms of depth. Yeah hands down and experience which is cool yeah. and and experience and that's kind of what you want you yeah. know that depth and the experience mm-hmm. um yeah it's gonna be super competitive and i it'll be fun it'll be great i wouldn't want it any other way yeah really it's excited. gonna be so much fun yeah it yeah. was crazy because coming into last year remember because we had delaney maple on the podcast and i was like yeah. it's funny looking at usc you're like kind of underdogs and so like shame on me for ever calling usc an underdog <laughs> not anymore the target's back it's funny <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, we'll see we'll see yeah like I would refer to myself as an underdog only because everyone else was. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's everyone else's term for me. But I never really, really thought it. I don't know. I mean, I guess we were the, we were the underdogs, but I didn't. Yeah. Just when you compared lineups, I mean, on paper, oh, it was yeah, like on UCLA paper. was clearly. I mean, even TCU, you know, yeah. like FSU in some sense, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, yeah. USC is going to be USC, though. Hopefully. <laughs> Four straight would be pretty dang cool. Well, oh, don't don't talk too soon. We'll yeah. see. Anything yeah, can happen. We, uh, we're just gonna approach it. You know, it it's a long process. Same. Yeah. Um, long, long process, but we're just gonna enjoy every bit of it. So it's our last year. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, enjoy. It was great to have you guys on. Glad we made it work, especially before your schedules get crazy with your master's degree and mm. USC and everything. So great to have you guys on. Thank you so much. We really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> glad so Try could make most of it <laughs> yeah. too. No, I'm glad we got we got it for a little bit. This is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Good luck uh, in Manhattan. Good luck in Manhattan. Thank you so much. Thank you guys.